Welcome to another edition of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Derek. And I'm Todd. And we are continuing with part two of our top 10 villains list uh, in movies. Uh, we gave our uh, 10 through 6 the last episode, so we're at number 5. All right, what is Derek's number 5? Uh, my number 5 is John Doe from the movie 7. Oh, wow. Yeah. I... I uh... That's definitely an interesting one. Uh, he's definitely really evil. I remember um, when that first came out, <laughs> I forget what it was, but one of my friends was like, yeah, can you believe blah, blah, blah happened at the end? And I'm not going to ruin it for anybody because it's a surprise ending. Yeah, it was it was really scary um, and really serial killers, I think, scare me the most because with, with movie monsters, you know, it's fake, but. Serial killers are really out They're there. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll let you talk. What's what's so? Uh, why do you? Why is he your number five? Um, in terms of like, kind of like you said, the evil factor. There's the fear factor too. Uh, but you also have like success. Like he kind of accomplished all of his evil goals with like his uh committing seven murders around the seven deadly sins or getting seven deaths around the seven deadly sins. Right. Culmin- culminating in that ending. Right. And yeah. Just just a quick aside, like the movie seven, I, I'm glad we're not spoiling the ending because if, if you know the ending, watching it is a completely different movie. It's kind of like the sixth sense. Once you watch it oh, the yeah. first time, it's it's completely different every time that's, thereafter. That's a that's a that's a very good point. And you do see it differently. Like you literally have to watch it at least twice mm-hmm. because sure. you, you come at it from two very different angles, just like the sixth sense. I think the sixth sense was first, though. And then it, I think seven was 1999, but I could be wrong. And I think uh, the Sixth Sense was in the earlier '90s. It was definitely, I think, while uh, it might have been like right at the end of college for me, or right after. Um, so the that was seven like, was actually 1995. Oh wow! And the Sixth Sense was 1999. Oh, I had them reversed. There you go. So I guess and my Shyamalan really copied the Seven. I mean, he really didn't. It's a totally, they're two totally different movies, but M. Night Shyamalan did a really great job with, you know, the use of the color red and everything else, but I won't get into that. I'm, we're segueing too yeah, far off. Yeah, that's a big segue. So, yeah. Uh, who, who's your number five? <laughs> Let's get this back on track. Who's your number five? My number five is, and here's another one where it's, it's reality based, is Jaws, the shark. Yes. He, I, I think more than any other villain, and I have other villains ahead of him, he is the worst because he's just, that's what sharks do. They eat, you know what I mean? And when there's no seals around or fish or anything, guess what's on the menu, people? It was loosely based on some attacks in North Jersey, right up between where New Jersey meets New York. And uh, one of the issues is with, with great whites and also bull sharks, they can deal with fresh water uh, more easily than other sharks and other fish can. There were kids swimming around in a, a creek that was quite a ways from the ocean. And I think three of them died. And then another person died trying to save them. But it was, I think it was in the, in the uh, early teens, 1920s, thereabouts. Jaws is about a great white, but they really think it was a bull shark uh, that came up and did it because they're, They're even more aggressive than great whites. But I mean, when I saw that, I and I didn't see it till God, probably like in my late teens, early 20s. It it scared the heck out of me because we both grew up 
in Jersey. And so the shore was right there. So yep. it was always something with, that we probably both all did, you know, go every summer up at and least everything. once. Yeah. yeah. And you go out there and it's not like a pool at all. Number one, you can't see the bottom. Number yeah. one, you can't see like more than five feet. It's just really scary because this could theoretically happen. I mean, I think you honestly have a better chance of getting eaten by a shark than you do by getting killed by a serial killer. So in that way, I think it's it's definitely more probable that a shark's going to do it because humans are easier game. I mean, let's face it. Seals are way better swimmers than people. Well, if you look, if you look at the stats, them. you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than you do of getting killed by a shark. Well, I, I, uh, I don't like to get, you know, how but, many, you know what, you know what the chances of me getting eaten by a shark while I'm sitting here in my den? Zero. zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the difference. I can mitigate that. I get with lightning. You really have no chance. Well, then you have a real life impact with Jaws, too, because like people saw the movie and were just like, let's do Let's just go kill these sharks. And that happened a lot, too. You know, and I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I know not with, at all. Hey, hey, we've got pools. I'm fine with swimming in a pool. It's like they're, they're sharks. They're just doing what they do. There's no menace yeah. there. And I this one time I was down the shore. It was uh, probably in the late 90s. And I was it was Cape May, actually, because if you're not if you're watching this from somewhere else. Cape May shores are basically free, whereas a lot of the other ones you had to pay, pay for like beach tags and all that. Yeah. Um, Wildwood's free too, I think. I don't know if there's any more. But anyway, I was out there swimming. I wasn't paying attention. And this is when I was in much better shape. But I am like swimming out. I'm like about a quarter of a mile out. I'm just like going with with the with the, the waves and everything because I'm just like looking out into the sea, not paying any attention. And my girlfriend at the time was screaming to me. She's like, get back in. And I look around and there's this fin. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am going to become like Jaws. Like, this is what's going to happen. So I am swimming my butt off to get back to shore. And this fin just keeps following me. It just disappears. And then I see it again. It disappears. And I see it again. And I'm like, oh, my God, at some point, I'm going to have like this chomp on my thigh or something. I'm like, I see all these things. I, you know, I, I watch the movies. And I get back and I'm about waist high and I turn around and I look and it turns out to be a dolphin. It sounds funny now, but when you just see a fin coming at you, all right, I don't care. You're not going to tell the difference between a fin for a dolphin and a fin for a shark. No, you know? that's, that's like a poop yourself moment. Yeah, yeah. That maybe deep that's, in the water. Maybe, yeah. I And if I probably had anything to eat that day, I that probably would have been like a, a brown <laughs> cloud that would have followed me. Uh, but yeah, I, but Jaws definitely super scared for me. And ever since then, ever since that dolphin encounter that I thought was a shark, I haven't gone in past my waist. That's as far in as I'm willing to get, because at least if I could stand, I have a chance of at least grabbing the shark with my hands. But when there's nothing underneath me, I'm, I'm toast. You know what I mean? Just yeah, I gotcha. toast. But that was my number five. Anything to say about Jaws, Derek? Nope. We'll move on to my number four and my Derek's number four. Number four. What is Derek's number four? Derek, what is your number four? Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. Emperor Palpatine. And probably played by the same guy, which I think yeah, was, Ian was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to talk about scope, both like the prequel movies and the original Star Wars trilogy, you have a guy who was controlling both sides of a war in a scheme to wipe out an ancient enemy of his order and just rule the entire galaxy. So he achieved that 
while at the same time just kind of mercilessly killing anyone who resisted him. Right. Yeah, that's that's basically it. No, I, I kind of liked it because, and I know a lot of people didn't like the latest series of movies, but the the latest series of movies is where he's just prolific. Like, you think he died when they threw him down. And if anybody's listening to this, this is, I, yeah, it's a spoiler. But if you haven't seen, you know, Return of the Jedi by now, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I the, that's one of the things I'm not going to ruin seven for you because seven sort of like a niche movie. Yeah. But if you haven't seen the end of return of the Jedi where, well, you know, if you're listening to this show and you haven't yeah. seen return of the Jedi, yeah, there's something wrong. So you're but, either like six, which I, I doubt you're listening to the show if you're six, but you're either six or you just don't care about star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. One or the other. And you're not listening to us either. So anyway, turn the Jedi, I threw him down the, um, that well mm-hmm. where he supposedly dies. Oh, he does die. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, his spear comes back and blah, blah, blah. But he has this overwhelming power that basically shapes the next several decades where we get to like the latest series of movies. But it's just like his evil plan altogether. I mean, I think in terms of scope, like you said, I mean, he he from episode one to episode nine, he really played a vast influence and you don't necessarily always see it because Mm -hmm. he's not the i mean he was like the hitler for star wars i mean he was for the most part you'd see stormtroopers killing innocent people and everything else and it's just well you have the stormtroopers you have his sith apprentices like right all doing this but they're all basically following his orders right throughout generations of those people from a galaxy far far away and, and I, I think that was really amazing what George Lucas did and then what Disney continued to do with J.J. Abrams in shaping that whole uh, genre and using it as like, this is his evil influence, this over nine movies and then countless cartoons and books and everything else. So he is definitely up there in terms of, you know, evil, villainous bad guys, no doubt. All right. So who's your number four? My number four is more classical, not as sci-fi, but just as evil. Count Dracula. Mm. It's been going. I mean, literally, vampire has been around, you know, since the dawn of time. Stories in one form or another, but they were really popularized by Bram Stoker. And I think it was 1887. He wrote that. Yeah. Late 1800s. Um, Um, Yeah, he's. uh, you want to talk about Dracula. You can't even talk about one specific incarnation because they're all basically just as evil. Right. Exactly. You can go classic Bela Lugosi. You can go Christopher Lee. You could go Gerard Butler. And they all have different takes on them. And they're all just as evil. But at the same time, Gary Oldman, too. Let's not forget Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. He, did a, yep. he, he was a classic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them, you, you feel how what turned them evil like they humanized them like I, it, gary oldman is a prime example the, the you know the turks he's based on vlad tepish yep, uh, vlad the impaler right who was a very ruthless and, and a, a real person a very mm-hmm. ruthless ruler mm-hmm. he was very fair but also extremely very ruthless it was always black and white to him but anyway the movie 
Um, and I'm not going to delve too deeply into it because we're just talking about Dracula in general and in all the different movies. He he was really turned evil because of, you know, his fiance committed suicide in the Catholic Church, basically said, oh, she's damned forever. And then he basically says, well, then damn me too. And then he just goes all evil. So you could see that. And that's that's generally what it is throughout. It's this evil character that is hoped to be saved by the woman he loves throughout throughout the centuries but he's also very evil he does very evil things i mean aside from how he treats the love interest whichever movie or book you're reading mm-hmm. for the most part consummate evil where he's just like i'm j- i'm evil and you know everyone thinks i'm evil so i'm gonna be evil you know and that's kind of really what it was and in some of the movies he gets redeemed at the end and some he doesn't there was a netflix i don't know if you saw that one Derek. i did not it's a really different take on Bram Stoker's original novel. You should you should read it. I did not love. I like the idea of them taking Dracula in a different way, and I'm and again I'm not going to ruin it because uh, it's certainly unique and it's definitely a different take. But that that core issue of evil possibly being redeemed um, has throughout all the movies, you know, regardless, even like your B movies and stuff like that with Dracula. And that type of thing. It's always about evil possibly finding redemption. So it's, there, there's like two sides to it where, yes, he's this totally evil, evil being. But even with all of that evil, there's still hope. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's kind of a message in all those movies. And even with Dracula, with Bram Stoker, when he wrote it, that no matter how evil you are, you can be redeemed even in the end. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that about it. But I also like the fact that you know, he just went all all in with his evil. But he's that's why he's up at my number four. He's in my top five for sure. And I will let you go to your number three. What is Derek's number three? Derek, what is your number three? So for my number three, I kind of I've I lumped these guys kind of together and I have the the predator and the xenomorph from Alien. And if, if you look at especially like the original movie of each and even the sequels because it's kind of a the sequels are are kind of like a repeat on a grander scale but especially focusing on the the first one you have like this one alien who in predator is just hunting down this elite group of um soldiers and then in alien you have like almost like the the slasher aspect where you have this alien that's just terrorizing the ship of scientists and it's you got you have like what kind of like what you were talking about in the last episode with jason where he's like you have this almost unstoppable um killing machine only it's it's like more primal than evil i guess and then you, you come to find out with like predators it's it's just they're hunters like they're it's almost like they're people they're very aware of what they're doing they're just essentially just testing themselves by hunting uh, like warriors from other cultures. Mm-hmm. And with the xenomorph, it's literally just an animal being an animal. Yeah. I, and I think that's kind of th- that also plays a part with both of them because they um, I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later because uh, the uh, the alien is is further up on my list. Uh, so I'm going to base what I'm saying now more on the predator because then I'm going to talk more about uh, the xenomorph in a little bit. But the predator yeah, he's an evil person for people. And it's really a matter of perspective there, because like you said, he's not he's not like he's torturing anybody. You know, to them, we're we're the deer. We're the elk. You right. know what I mean? And, you know, to it's like they're saying, uh, 
you know, Spider's not evil, but to the fly, he is evil. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of principle. I can definitely say, yeah, he's a villain to people. Uh, and the, the other thing is he has a code. He won't kill anybody that doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't kill anybody unless they're able to defend themselves. Right. And, yeah. You and, have the, the warrior code. Right. And it's 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 between that and it's sort of like a, a sign of manhood. I, I believe it's one of their rituals to, to become. Well, uh, I guess that, saying manhood is something is somewhat um, racist. No, I, I don't know. Uh, sexist, racist because they're not men, but, you know, gaining maturity in their tribe. There you go. That's a good way. And to and they do have different tribes because the tribes do war, as you as you saw in Predators. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I kind of think it's it's an interesting morality play uh, for people because you're looking at it like, yeah, they're evil. They're hunting us and everything else. But that's what we do to deer. I mean, we do it to cattle. We do it to, you know, uh, pigs, you know, chickens. We do the same thing, and we're we're about as technologically separate from the predators as we are to those those game animals, and because that's what we are—we're game animals to them. Yep. So it's kind of interesting, but yeah, um, and that has an interesting tilt too, because they're not doing it to be evil; uh, they're doing it just because that's part of their culture, uh, and they're hunters, and they they hunt, and what they hunt just happens to be human. So yeah, they're evil to us, just like. Uh, the spider would be evil to the fly, but I, I consider spiders evil anyway. So I'm up there with the fly. So there you I, go. Yeah, that's I right. Swash them. So who is your number three? Let's segue into your number three. All right. My number three is actually the xenomorph. So we are just we continuing are right the conversation, just continuing the conversation. But here's same, same kind of principle as the predator, the, you know, and I can see where you lumped them together because they have the same kind of basic morality in that, it's not a morality thing in terms of killing people for them. They are animals and that's how they reproduce. You know what I mean? It's just like us getting a chicken and killing it and eating it. Uh, but with them, they, they uh, put their eggs in us and then, you know, they hatch more. There it is. Yeah. I mean, some people they kill because if they're given too much of a problem, they get, they have to kill them, but it's really just, they're really kind of like ants. I mean, they yeah. I, the, uh, like they're ants and or bees. Um, right, they have queens. They have warriors. They have drones. Right. Exactly. That are it's doing a whole big things. like insect society. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, again, we're we're the hunted. So, yeah, the hunted always views the hunter as evil, uh, understandably, because they're out to kill us. Um, but, yeah, I, it's definitely there. But that's the kind of scary thing that's up there with what we were talking about before with serial killers. Not that aliens are real, but the fact that there are animals out there that can kill us, like the jaws, you know, like sharks, like thousands of them. Yeah. I mean, there are snakes in certain parts of the world that give you one bite and you're dead. It's not like they're coming out to kill. I'll never go to Australia. Yeah. Oh, Australia, I think, is the most deadliest place uh-huh, yeah. in the world in terms Other of than, like Australia animals. and like the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. I, and uh, I think in Australia, they have those jellyfish, the most deadliest jellyfish in the world. They're about yep. the size of your hand. Yeah. That can kill you. I think it's within 30 seconds. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's just like, how do you want to die? You know, with with a spider bite or, you know, and they have the deadliest spiders down there. Uh, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, that's why I put that up there in my number three is the alien, just because that is often more times scarier than like the fake slasher or whatever else, like Jason or um, the evils of like the monsters like Godzilla. Those aren't really real. 
but you could see an animal coming out to use you as a prey species. You oh, know, yeah. and you that's kind of scary. Attack, animal attacks happen all the time. I mean, lions and tigers and bears, you know. Oh, my. Yeah, exactly. And every single one of them can kill you. They're all better hunters than we are. And it, we're, we're way easier prey. I mean, there was something back in the 70s where there was a lot. There were two lions uh, in Africa. They were getting older. So it wasn't as hard, easy for them to run down a gazelle or something like that. But humans are way slower than lions. And they they were like man eaters. They had, that, that was almost what the, that was basically what the ghost in the darkness was about. It was a dramatization of that, that issue where they were trying to hunt down these two lions that were killing uh, villagers. But that like, that's the scariest thing. And the alien is the ultimate, you know, kind of animal out there that, really is not doing it just to be evil but they 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 do have the capability and they're they're vastly superior to us physically and then sometimes you know as they increase their intelligence with whatever animal they're in you know like there was the predalien in uh um, alien versus alien predator 2 yeah requiem yeah, yeah. Yep. where it just certainly got smarter so you know that was my um number 3 Derek, what is your number two? What is your number two? Derek, what's your number two? My number two is Amon Goeth, uh, the head of the the death camp in Schindler's List. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, that's kind of like one of the epitomes of evil. Um, oh, for sure. In more, in more sense than uh, I think even the ser- serial killers, because it was done on such a large scale, and it was more accepted. Nobody really accepts serial killers and saying, hey, you know, it's OK with with that. Uh, you know, the German people at the time were very pro or I should say very anti-Jewish and whatever it took to, to wipe them out. You know, so we have this this extra evil guy that just likes to randomly kill them, too. Um, that was definitely and that's one of the scarier things, too, where humanity kind of accepts that evil. And accepts it as a norm, you know, well, yeah, that's, that's way scary. Genocides happen, have happened, are still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, will probably always continue to happen. It's just kind of a human condition. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, that's, that's kinda, and that's kind of what makes it scary. I mean, that's definitely he's a villain. Now, I don't know if he was based on an actual person. I, I know think Schindler was based on a real person. Right. So well, I, I know he was. I know he was based on a real person, but I don't know if they. Basically, he's an amalgamation of of several different, uh, you know, camp commanders that did that. And probably they did. I mean, they did horrible, horrible things in right. those That's concentration I mean. camps. He's, he's probably just an amalgamation as opposed to like a real person. I'm not 100 percent on that one. Yeah. But I mean, but, that's like, definitely as, an evil. Yeah, yeah. As as far as like and the presentation of him in the movie, too, where he you put together this front of just being like this well put together like elitist of, of sorts, like this very classy, rich, influential person. But really all you are is just a mass murderer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's typically what it is when you're, when you're dealing with genocide and um, it just normalized that type of behavior. I mean, at the time in that area, you know, and that's kind of what's scary is that humans have the capacity to say, you know what, that's okay. And it's not okay. But now I'm just getting into a soapbox situation where, which I didn't want to get into. Right. So let's move on to your number two, then and we'll get out of the soapbox. (laughs) All right. My number two is the Terminator. 
Ah, yes, you did have him higher on the list than me. Yeah, I had him higher on the list because I think several prongs on this in terms of why I think he's such an evil villain that he's so high up. Number one, it's basically because we did it to ourselves. The Terminator just didn't pop out like like an alien would or something like that. We created it through our technology. And as we slowly let our technology overtake us and and run us, we we it slowly got worse. And the Terminator in his situation, it's not like a predator situation where it's a hunter and he's just going to kill like one or two people. The Terminator is out to kill. Well, I mean, he did get sent back to uh, kill key figures uh, in the resistance, but their ultimate goal was to eliminate all humanity. And I think even more than mass murder, I, you know, even more than the mass murderers. Yeah. It's, it's unlikely in our time. I mean, it could happen, you know, in like a two, 300 years where it's just not logical for people to live because of what we're doing to the planet and everything else. But I think he's the scariest, and just because it's an unstoppable killing machine, he's just going to go out, you know, just for you. At least with like a a Jason Voorhees or something like that, he might get distracted by another person, and he might go to to someone else. Freddy Krueger, the same thing. He'll try and uh, go after someone else. But with the Terminator, if you're on his list, he's coming to get you, and he's not stopping uh, until he gets you. Right, and he just and he just gets keeps getting better. When uh, traditional weapons uh, of the period never work on them in the movies, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing beyond like a stall tactic. Yeah, I mean, you, you uh, look at then... the original, um, the T one hundred one from the first Terminator. It like weapons kind of damaged it a little bit, but what ultimately destroyed it was a press. Yeah, the with, press uh, and then like they a had, thousand they... pounds of force just crushing the metal. Yeah, and then they had to drop the uh, the T two in like the it was yeah, like the a, the T1000 yeah the like, like you, the lava fat like, or something they you, you they had to like mess with its molecule molecular structure by uh freezing it first yeah and then you're right. ultimate, ultimately it it died because it couldn't reassemble uh heal itself restructure itself inside actual molten lava yeah but i mean that's that's definitely definitely scary all right now we come to number 1 Derek's number 1 Derek's number one. Derek, what is your number one? My number one is Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. And he's my number one too. Yes. Winners. Winner. All right. We can both talk about this. I'll let you go Great. first. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm kind of specifically referencing Silence of the Lambs here as opposed to like every every incarnation of Hannibal thereafter. But you you have like a presentation of him. You knew he was a serial killer. But he's kind of pre- presented not I wouldn't call him harmless because, right, you have his uh, the psychological aspect of his um, interactions with Clarice and like that one inmate at the asylum offended her. So he 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 like basically talked him into killing himself. He offended her in a particular way, too. But I'm yeah, not go into no, 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 we're not we're not going there. Yeah. But, so you, you kind of have that. It's like a slow build, slow build, slow build of that until you have his escape. Like he talks himself into position to be let out of the, the asylum and he's in, he's in this tremendous custody, right? He's in like his own little cell and then just the whole escape, how he escaped, how he executed it. And then the, the call at the end that, that he's kind of just that he makes to Clarice that he's just, 
yeah, I'm free. Oh, I, I, I'm eating someone for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it throughout the whole series. Um, and I also watched the TV series. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I didn't watch not. that yet. No, that is really good. I have it on my voodoo and I watch it every once in a while. Uh, who was in, was actually played by Mads Mikkelsen, who was in a couple of different movies. Uh, He's the bad guy in everything. Yeah. Well, he was a good guy in King Arthur with. Oh, um, that's right. That's uh, right. He was the one with the, the, the hawk or whatever it was. Or yeah. Falcon. Yeah. That's the one role where you can kind of say he was a good guy yeah but um hannibal lecter here is what made him really scary to me number one serial killer serial killers always kind of make me scary but oh yeah for sure this is a serial killer that's highly intelligent can you know really mix in well with with society where you don't always see that with with some serial killers because Mm -hmm. some of them are, are are so into their pathology that you know, you you just kind of look at them and they're kind of creepy, like John Wayne Gacy or something like that. You know, he's he just he, but yet with Hannibal Lecter, you're looking at somebody who can, like I said, fit in society and who can mess with your head and does with your head. And depending on who who you're talking to actually can be in your head, eating your head, you know, literally um, in the different. Yeah, literally. With some fava beans and a nice candy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he ate his kidney with some fava beans. Yeah, that was it. No, I think it was his liver. It was a kidney liver. It was his liver. liver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was his liver. But I mean, that's what I I take away from that because it's just so creepy. But he's also so personable. And that's what's what's scary, too. I'm like, you could be talking to somebody and, and uh, you know, every once in a while I think about that. Like if I'm just talking to some stranger, if I'm sitting, you know, somewhere, like when I was in the train stop, just randomly talking, I'm like, is this some serial killer trying to talk me up or something? You know what I mean? It's like, cause you don't know because he's so personable. He's like, so like well, Ted, so, Ted Bundy esque with the personality. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, like just by talking to him, you wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's probably the closest she could be to like the real serial killer is I think Ted Bundy because Ted Bundy had sort of like the suaveness that he did. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, whereas a lot of the others did not um, and they were kind of dysfunctional. But yeah, definitely Hannibal Lecter is the top of my list just because of all those reasons. Yep. So he's the top of both of our lists. So that uh, kind of wraps up the episode there. That, yeah. Those were our top 10. Top 10 movie villains. Like we said, it's good to be back doing regular shows, but we're going to continue doing the zombies as well. Look for another episode of that dropping soon. In the meantime, yeah. uh, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Old Nerd, Young Nerd, and listen to us under all major podcasting sites under the same name. And as always, I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And remember, normal, normal is, is the, the new boring. boring. Talk to you later.